0: at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Rafael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching.
1: Hi, I'm Sifu Rafael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, Please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large.
0: Moment in life change for me was when I determined my core values.
1: Welcome back to the Coaching Call podcast. My guest today is Jeannie Moritz Smith. Jeannie creates breakthrough experiences from the inside out for her clients. To create an extremely healthy relationships with themselves and others. She's fulfilling her passion to help individuals and teams maximize their human potential. Good morning. Good
0: morning.
1: Jeannie, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. I know it's early for you and I appreciate you being here with me.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Dynamism.
0: Dynamism.
1: There you go. So it's dynamic, it's amazing, it's superb, but it's leadership. And that is also the name of your website, right? Yes. I love it. What is that exactly? I know I kind of said it quickly, but I I want you to go a little deeper and then we're going to go even deeper into who Genie is.
0: So dynamism, dynamism, leadership, I started my business in 2005 under HRRX, and two years ago, I decided to rebrand under Dynamism Leadership. So my business has been a human resources consulting and leadership development firm since 2005. And Dynamism Leadership is all about how a leader shows up in the work world and in their personal life. To make the difference in themselves and others. So we have a variety, we have a variety of different programs. Very cool. Very cool.
1: You know, one thing that we all know that not everybody is a dynamic leader. They need to become it, right? When you realized your potential, your strengths, and your weaknesses, because we all have them, right? We're not just strong a thousand percent. We do have some weaknesses. We have certain things about us. What would you say? Let's go back to your childhood. I really want want to go deeper. Who motivated you? At what age would you say, six, seven, eight, ten, that you saw as like, wow, that's pretty cool, or something, a moment in time, even when you were later later on in your years, maybe as a teenager, who do you think really, if you look back, that really stands out for you?
0: So that's a, that's a really great question and there I'm as you were once you asked the question I started thinking of the variety of people in my life who impacted me and I know that a lot of individuals have more than one person if they stop and think about it or during that time of growth if you're saying like 6 and 7 years old even then if you stop and realize that the that others are trying to show you something that you might not see in yourself yet, Mm -hmm. follow that. And so let me tell you, since you asked my personal question, so my mom was always an amazing role model for me. Now my mother was, she worked hard. She had six kids. She had three different marriages. I was the youngest of six kids. And she, she didn't have it that easy, but one thing she did is she had the right mindset. Continue to push forward with all the challenges that she had in her life. So she's my number one role model. She ended up going to college when I went to college, and keep in mind I just said I was the youngest of six. So she and I went to junior college together, and she got a um, a degree and ended up being a teacher, which was fantastic at the L.A. City Unified School District. So mm. my mom was there, but also for me and and back up too. My mom would always tell me. You can be anything you set your your mind to. You can be, you You can do anything. Like there isn't something that you should feel like isn't, you're not strong enough for mentally or physically. Like you can figure out a way to do it. And so I, she planted that seed and continually watered it for me. I think my entire life, and I just lost her last February.
1: Oh, uh, sorry to hear that.
0: Thank you. That was one of the hardest things because of the way that the relationship that she and I had and the advice, the wise advice she gave me year after year after year. But looking back, so again, I mentioned youngest of six, not that not, my mom was a teacher. We all know, sadly, teachers don't make enough money. They don't make the money that they deserve.
1: Agree a thousand percent.
0: Yeah. They, they deserve triple, if not quadruple, what, they, what they, their earnings are. So my mom couldn't promise me a college education because she couldn't mm. pay for it. Little did we and she also wasn't one to take out credit. So her the loan system, the student loan system wasn't even an option for her because for me because that's not how she lived. She lived cash 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 gal, right? So I graduate high school and all my friends are running off to universities and I was going to have to get a full-time job because how, how am I going to live? How are we going to do it? I can't go to school. So quickly a couple weeks into my, my full-time job, everyone who worked there was like, this is an internship for you. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 this is my job. And they're like, but you're going to school at the end of summer. I'm like, No, probably not. And so I'm mentioning the story because there are people who saw potential in me Mm. and they were like, you, you, there was, they didn't even know me at the end of, you know, the beginning of summer and in a short period of time, they're saying, oh, you know, you don't want to shortchange yourself and not have a college degree. You don't want to be excluded from something. And I remember my mom telling me similar. And I share this because I stopped and listened to them. But they also, they were pretty relentless. Every day, they're bringing in applications. They're bringing in every day. And this was like the head of marketing, the head of sales, the, you know, the office manager. And they just kept saying, no, we're just, we're not, we see this. And I was you know, I could have ignored it and said, no, this is my job. Leave me alone. But instead I'm like, Mm, what are they, what are they really, what's the universe really trying to tell me here through these people? (laughs) And so I ended up signing up at the junior college for them. And then that's when my mom went to school with me too. And then the friends that I made ended up moving to San Diego and the same, it was almost like the same thing there. You have to go finish your undergrad here at San Diego state. And I go, do I really? Because And I'm like, okay, so because I wouldn't take no for an answer. Two of my friends were, again, relentless and they got me student loans and all the applications I needed. And so I finished my undergrad. And then seven years later, um, I decided I was going to go to school on my terms. I really wanted to get a master's degree. And my my company that I worked for believed in me enough to pay for it up front, which was super. I was honored. Wow. And um, anyway, so but so uh, there were a handful of people. and I see their faces at the the office that I went to, fresh out of high school, brand new job, and they just wouldn't let 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 the idea of me going to college go. So they're like, you you need to do it. And so I look back and I thank them. You know, the college graduation I invited them to. My wedding, I invited them to because they were family. They were family. Yeah. And they they pushed me in a way that I didn't know that was even an option for me.
1: You know, it's incredible when you have people believe in you and you didn't even believe in you as much.
0: I didn't even know it was an option. So, So I didn't know to believe in that for me because I didn't think it was an option. And that's interesting because you said, let's go back to six and seven years old. And that's exactly what happens with individuals is they they think that that life that they're living or the situation that they're in, that that's the, that's kind of their limit. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. As we get older, I've coached a lot of people where I say, how true is that? How true, how, what is that? Does that really exist now? You know, you're 35, 45. Is that <laughs> yes. really, It's is it just eliminating belief? And in most cases it is. It's just because we don't know what we don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You thought you were there as your full-time job. Yeah. And they talked you out of it.
0: They talked me out of it. They kept saying, you have to go to school. You have to, because you don't want to be excluded later for not having that college education. And then of course my mom was like, yes, this is fantastic, but I didn't, I couldn't offer it to you because I couldn't pay for it up front. And a lot of my friends' parents obviously had, they had the money to do that, we just didn't. And you, like, I look back at some of my friends' parents and I'm still, I'm really good friends with one of my friend's mothers on Facebook. And so I, I call her my second mom and so mm. I admired their home. Their house was like, just to me, it was like amazing. A pool, it was like a resort. It was so pretty. Right, right. And I always thought there was in the back of my head, I, I need to create a life to get things like that if that's what I want. Like I don't want to. So every time somebody planted that seed, for example, you don't want to be excluded for not having a degree. And I thought,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, because I want to get to having a house like that. And I don't, I don't always think I don't like material things aren't what really makes us happy inside, but it's like, I wanted to have something nice like that, really nice. Mm. And so I just kept saying, well, that's my driving force. And I believe that people have to have a goal in mind and whatever it may be, losing weight, getting physical, you know, physically fit mentally stable whatever it is we have to have that goal in mind and so mine was to have you know a nice space to call my home
1: yeah that's a beautiful dream right yeah. but when you work towards it i mean it's it's incredible you know one of the things that you know when you said that your mom even though she was a teacher she could not afford to send you to college yeah it really is such a a shame that we can go to public school until twelfth grade, but then it's like you're booted, and if you can't afford it, too bad. Yeah, too yeah. bad. And and I know that you know a lot of officials and government want to change that, and I think it should be something that we should make higher education not something that people can't have. Agree. It doesn't, it shouldn't be based on your income, right? So let's say you have like your your Yales and your, your Ivy League schools. Those I think could be made on your grades, not necessarily the amount of money you have. Right, right? so totally, you know, I understand where your mom was coming from. And it's so glad for you that you had people in your life that pushed you and said to you, we value you and we see the potential in you and we don't want you to be, to have doors shut because of that. Right. Let me ask you a question. During your college, mm-hmm. during your studies, did you also work? Yes. Uh-huh. So it wasn't just like, I'm going to college, and I'm going to party and just, you know, it was like you were working for your degree and you were working for your I guess, your money to stay alive, right, to live.
0: Yes, I had responsibilities. I had a car, you know, that wasn't, it seemed like it was breaking down all the time. There was some expenses there. So, and I also, I look back at those days in my early 20s and I had full-time college um, schedule at a full-time social life and I had a full-time job. Now, I don't know how I did that
1: (laughs) (laughs) because... You, you fit 36 hours into 24. Congratulations.
0: Oh, you, you know it. You know it. Some days I was like, looking back, funny, because I mentioned to you, I stayed up late last night. We had a celebratory party. And so you can hear it in my voice. You know, I did get sleep, but it, you can hear it. I don't know how I did it. So I did I did all three. I made sure that I experienced the college life Mm. but I also had this full-time job that I didn't let down especially that one when I started the G I I could only start the junior college because that's what my I could afford I couldn't let them down because they're the ones who encouraged me to go Mm. so I had to show them my appreciation for them valuing me Yeah. yeah
1: that's beautiful and the fact that you stay in touch with them too right and they came to your wedding they they saw your success yes Right, not only did they push you towards your success, but they saw it and you you made them part of your life. I I gotta tell you, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. And unfortunately, not many people are lucky like you were to have the right people in your life to impact you in that way. We have so many young people nowadays who don't have people like that. I mean, think about a kid living in the slums or where it's gang infested and all these different things where they don't have someone speaking into their ear and saying, you know, we see potential in you. Meanwhile, the ones that see potential in them as gang leaders, right? They're like, oh, we can, we can use them to to carry these these guns or this, this drug somewhere or do this or do that. If you think about gangs, and I, I don't want to take it off subject, but they really have some infrastructure,
0: don't they? Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. So I you I mentioned I grew up in Los Angeles, right? So Oh, there you go. (laughs) We can talk red and blue. And I can I'm just gonna say I'm wearing red for Christmas. That's the only reason why I'm wearing the red scarf. But the reds and blues, I'm not even gonna say the names of the the gangs, but they were it was so intense. And to your point, Mm. about them recruiting, and I talk about this a lot, and I just got the chills thinking about it. They recruit those who don't feel a connection or have somebody who believes in them and says, you know what? You have a lot to offer. And it's so—it's just a few words, but nobody has ever said that to them. So let's let's go mm-hmm. back to my mom saying, honey, you can be anything you set your mind to. If there's a will, there's a way. And she used to tell me, if you want to be the first female president, you can. Now, I don't want that job ever. I'm just I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna take that, but I um, they don't they don't have anyone who believes in them and who encourages them and actually holds them accountable to making some different decisions. And so then these these gang recruiters come in and then they have somebody who they feel this connection with and this sense of love from. Although it can be, there's a lot of hatred in the gangs, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking to me that that continues. And I have this horrible feeling it's getting worse and worse right now.
1: It is. When you think about they prey on on the people who don't feel like they belong, there's nothing else to do, Uh, I might as well,
0: right? They're lonely, they feel disconnected, and here's somebody Mm -hmm. who... Mm They like me. They want me to be included in their, their event or what have you. It's, it's heartbreaking.
1: It totally is. And, and, you know, I, I see that in your title there, you put connection strategist because it's the connections that we make, right? It's the people that we have. And you know that because there's the people who you went to work with and there was those connections, that changed the trajectory of your life, right? Because if they didn't speak into you, where would you be today?
0: I probably would have had that full-time job, just plugging away eight to five, Monday through Friday. And not that that's a bad thing. Not at all. I, I just, even way back when, I would, I thought it was really strange that Good morning. How was your weekend every Monday morning? And then every Friday at five, have a great weekend. And I thought, this is so crazy that you come here five days in a row, you get two days off. It's the same hamster wheel. And for me, when I started realizing that that was challenging for me, like we would go, we'd park in the same parking spot, we'd meet the same people in the coffee coffee cart area. And I knew, I I knew somewhere deep down inside that that wasn't for me to have that routine every single day, month after month, year after year. So when I started my own business in 2005, it was really for the flexibility and the ability to create my own schedule and work whenever I wanted. So that was the key to me. But so, so where would I be it's really hard to say, because you as as our of life I, in decade after decade, we take so many different paths. I, I'm not sure where I would what I would be doing, where I would be. Um, I don't even know if I would be in San Diego. I might still be in Los Angeles, but then when I say that, I think about the the times that when I listen to myself, I desired other living other places going somewhere different traveling and all that so i don't know if i'd still be in la i don't know it's hard to
1: <laughs> but you know when i talk about um where would you be uh, obviously nobody can tell right cuz yeah which path you take determines your outcome right yep. determines where you wind up right cuz if a path is you know if it's to the left or to the right if you go to the right that's where you're gonna wind up on the right side, or if you go to the left, you're going to wind up on the left side. Neither one of them is necessarily wrong. It's just a path you took right and and there's riches on both ends. there really are it's it's if you learn how to determine what those riches are, you know, and I'm not talking about people who are exclusively super rich or exclusively super poor because I've seen and met and and talked to everyone who's been at both extremes. I, I've sat down with billionaires. I've sat down with people who are homeless and they still have joy no matter what. Yeah. But it's it's what you make of it on a daily basis. So Ginny, you decided to open up your own business. And a lot of people make the mistake thinking that they're going to go their own business because they don't want to work for the man or the woman, right? And in reality, they don't realize what they're really doing is because when you work your own business, you now have every hat on, right? So a lot of people go blindly into that. They don't realize that, oh, wow, I need to now know, know advertising. I need to know how to do sales? I need to know how to answer the phone properly. I need how to do all these different things, and so a lot of people don't necessarily find that. And, and even people who are in the business and they work for someone else, unless they've seen how every little aspect of that business works, and they try to replicate it without implementing all of those things, they're going to be at a loss, aren't they?
0: It's very challenging. And a lot of people ask me like, how, why did you go out on your own? How have you been, how can you sustain this for January is going to be 18 years. and
1: Mm, Congratulations.
0: Thank you. And it's, I tell them it's not easy. I mean, the very first reality check for me was when I didn't get that direct deposit every other Friday. (laughs) Yes. So all of a sudden I'm like, what happened to my bank account? I didn't get that X amount in there that I was accustomed to. And so that was like, okay, you got to get over that. You have to work to invoice, right? In order to get paid. You mm-hmm. don't just go to work and do your job. So it's, and then you, you have, like you said, you have to be the advertiser. You have to be the sales and marketing. You have to be the finance. And so, and you have to be IT. So you mm-hmm. learn and it's exhausting. It can be exhausting. and And one thing that I tell people Now, early on, you should decide what your zone of genius is and you do that. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you don't, so there's things in my business that I like to do and I wonder why I like to do them because it's not really where I should be spending my time, but they're kind of Mm. fun tasks for me. And I actually, I don't know if there's a lot of listeners who feel the same way. I love to check things off boxes because I check the boxes off because I feel the sense of achievement. Mm -hmm. And some of the projects that I have could go on for years with an executive. And you don't necessarily always feel that sense of achievement. So I sometimes go back and do some of these task things because it gives me this, like, it's just I don't. It's crazy fun for me. Like the the website. Like I like to go in there and check it out, even though I shouldn't be, because sometimes I make more more damage to it. So <laughs> I tell people, at the beginning, figure out really what value you can add to your ideal customer. Mm-hmm. You do that. Everything else, you should start outsourcing right away. To start outsourcing it now. It's really difficult here and now, 2022. Mm-hmm to find people at a reasonable price who want to get the job done and do it right. So it's, it can be challenging. And I've talked mm. to a lot of, actually this week, at least two or three different business owners who said, you know, I'm so frustrated with this outsourced task I gave to somebody and I feel like they're just using me, wasting my time. They want more money mm. and I might as well just do it myself. So then a lot of us business owners are circling back and doing this ourselves but it's not easy. And so to your point of being all those things in a business, yes, people should definitely consider that before going out on your own. And I know a lot of people who mm-hmm. left work world, the corporate world in 2020, 2021, 2022 to start mm-hmm. their own business. And my my um prediction is that by in a year and a half from now, so we'll be in twenty twenty four, most of those people will be returning to the workspace, the work corporate work having a w two job because it's not as easy as they think it is,
1: yeah, yeah, not I totally agree with you. I think when when I was in I started working when I was ten years old.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: So I know work ethic. I, I was cleaning a bingo hall. Then I was doing, I was selling shish kebabs. I was selling flags at the parades. I was doing
2: my goodness,
1: whatever. And, you know, I, I learned how to deal with people, how to talk to people, even how to sell at 10 years old. I was selling people. I was people like, I was at a Puerto Rican Day uh, event and I was selling Puerto Rican Day flags. And I would say, hey, you know, Somebody walking by, hey, you don't have a flag. You need a flag. And people are like, you're right. <laughs> and you know, the man that hired me when I was 10 years old, he saw that potential, but then he also saw something else. He said, who's not going to buy a flag from a little kid? Yes. So he was the smart man. Yes. <laughs> but hey, listen, at 10 years old, when I worked those days, I was getting either 80 or $100 a day. Wow. And it was like six, six hours. And for a little kid, that's tons of money. That's tons of money. And I, yeah, and I've always understood that I can make money no matter where I go, and so I I, I left the corporate world. Wow, in 90, 92 and I, I've been running my own business. I'm an entrepreneur, so I have several businesses. But for every one of them, you're right. There are certain things that you just it's that feeling that comes over you that satisfaction of doing wow i i enjoy it and i know that i can have somebody do it so sometimes it's letting go right and saying you know i can do it but what if i hired mary or hired john and had them even if they're not good at it maybe i have to teach it to them and teach it the way i want my business to run but I give them free reign. Let them make mistakes as long as they're not costing me too much money and they're going to help build my business so that therefore, if I'm just doing it myself, I can only go this high, Yeah. but if I get the help and I make sure that they're doing it the right way, I don't want to micromanage because then I won't be, why hire them if I'm micromanaging? But if I can... Give them some free rein and they can do it and they're going to make mistakes and that's okay. I can be okay with that. Then my business from going from here is going to skyrocket and it's going to double, triple. One of the people that worked for me said just this morning, you know, your business is amazing from what it was last year. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, I know. They're like, why are you not happy? I said, it's not that I'm not happy. It's that it's not that I want more but I want to impact more. So for me right now, I I, I just hired somebody and I talked to them last uh, two days ago and, they, and they're very excited to start. But I, and then I said, you know, I need to hire another person. And then, so they're like, why are you going to hire another person? I said, so I don't have to do certain parts of this job that I do because I want to give someone else a chance to grow, okay. to become better. So for me, it's always like, how can I impact? how can i make a difference not only in my life but in the life of those people around me in, in my clients life in my customers in in my community right so i know that w- one of the things that you do is you help coaches you well coaches or us to say people who are leaders right and you help them through the coaching that you do which is leadership coaching but you help them to understand so much more to Really work on their mindset. I think one of the biggest challenges that you probably face is helping someone achieve that mindset of more. Tell me your thoughts on that.
0: I will. But before I do, I love what you said about tra- you may have to train new people, you allow them to make mistakes because that's how we learn. Mm-hmm. And you give someone else a chance. That is huge. And that's looking back, like when I first was encouraged to conti- to continue my education, those people that I worked with didn't have to take the time to get applications for universities. They didn't have to take their time to help me. But what did it do? It made us feel like we we're connected. We were, became, they got to know me, we're connected, they're helping me out. It's that. It's that reward that's not... Money doesn't give you that reward. And so I think that's, you're saying you want to impact more people. You want to give someone a chance, 100%. And I think for leaders in organizations, they need to realize that you don't just, this has happened so many times. They've hired someone. And I said, well, did you communicate your expectations? Well, no, they should know by now. If they have this degree and this degree and this years of experience, they should know how to do it. No, they don't. And you anybody, even at the VP level, a VP of sales is coming in. You need to share with them the expectations in the organization, what's what they can expect from you, and what you should expect from there that you're gonna expect from them. You have to communicate, communicate, communicate constantly, constantly. And that's something they just don't. And so that goes back to the training and making the mistakes. And if you if if a leader functions as a coach, they literally communicate what the end result looks like, their vision of it. Mm-hmm. And here's how I've done it in the past, but it doesn't necessarily mean we have to do it that way. So you encourage somebody to use their own brain and the reason why you hired them. So there's no micromanaging, you're empowering them to do their job. And then you poke holes in the process and just peer in and see how it's going. And before that mistake becomes so valuable that you can't recover from it. Because if if somebody, if you don't, if you're not checking on them and their mistake costs the company so much money, then of course you can't afford to do that. So your job as a coach leader is to determine where to intercept the problem before it gets completely out of hand.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, one of the things that a lot of people when they first start, and you said, it doesn't matter the level. Listen, if I want somebody to come and take over my job entirely, Mm -hmm. right? And, And I said that to somebody, I said, oh, so you're trying to clone yourself. That's, they said, it's impossible. I said, you're right, you're unique. I said, but they need to be able to come in and have the same, if anything, even do better than you did. That's the kind of cloning I want. I want somebody, all my employees know that I want them to do better than me. And a lot of times they, no matter how many times I'll say it, they still come to me and ask me for, how do you want this done? I'm like, once it's done, show it to me. No, no, but you're not going to like it. Said, how do you know I'm not going to like it? You first have to do it. I believe in you. This is why I'm giving you free reign, right? I have to believe in you. I don't believe in you. Why are you here, right? If you don't believe in you, why are you here? I said, listen, we need to have this relationship where I, I want you to be exceptional every day when you come in. Don't think this is a job because if it's a job to you, you won't grow. I said, if you think this is your career, this is a chance. If, if you want to take over the company, then you have to be exceptional. And I want you to be able to take over the company because guess what? Or I want you to buy me out because I want to open up another place. I want to do this. I want to have multiples. But if you're not thinking that way, then how valuable are you to me? You're replaceable. I, said, I, I want you to come in here and say, I'm not replaceable. I am the person that needs to be here. I am the person that my boss is going to look at when it comes time to promotions, when it comes time to bonuses, when it comes time to like, oh, my God, why did you give me this gift? It's not even my birthday because you're exceptional. So when I do that with someone, they're a little bit taken back because when they work for somebody else, they're not treated that way. They're treated like a number. Go to HR, they're going to give you a number and that's it. <laughs> totally,
0: right? totally. So. No, I love that. And that's, that is the key to success right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Take the time to connect with your staff. And the only way to build that connection is to ask them questions about themselves. Where do you want to be in a couple of years? Where do you, what are you challenged with? What do you need from me? I tell my clients, have you asked them what they need from you? Well, why would I do that? I don't have time to help another person. That right there is the is a is one of the issues with some organizations because they have that mentality that I hired them to do the job, they should know how to do it. I don't I don't have the time to help bring them up to speed. But the reality is that's your job. That's what you should be doing. And like with you, you're saying I want you to be able to replace me. And that whole that right there, that mentality So many people are, I'm just going to throw it out there, they appear to be very insecure because Mm -hmm. they don't give, they don't tell the whole story. They only give the employee enough to, so that they don't, they don't take their job. And the reality leaders is you want to, to hire people who can take your job. So you can also do more. And if and if you believe in people, and you went through the correct hiring process to select these individuals, then let them shine by making sure that they're adding value. You're communicating your expectations that they um, they know what's expected of them and what they can expect from you. And I think that when you switch back and forth, I get a little like, oh, I get a little take back <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. I think that it's really important to um to let people shine and the and communicate right? like I can't say that enough but ask questions mm. about yes. what the world, what what they want and not just at the first week of employment but constantly. I I I ex- I want my clients to have one-on-one meetings with their employees on a regular basis. If you can do it once a week, fantastic you can do it once a week in 30 minutes, that's amazing. And I understand some people have a staff of 20 and that's almost like that's too much time. But when you allocate a specific amount of time each week for the individual, they actually save up their requests of you for their time. And they're super efficient. And so that's one little thing that I help my clients with is like, if you're not having one-on-ones, I think then in your, well, I have an open door policy. Yeah. But then they're coming and going all day long and which is great, but you're getting distracted and you, it's really hard. Like This is a great example because when you switch to full screen, I get like, wait, now I'm not talking to you. Where'd your face go? And I get... (laughs) Look what happens to the mind. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, I lost my train of thought again. That's exactly what happens when people come into your office and you might be writing a speech or you might be designing a new product or you're in the flow of creativity. You forgot to close your door. You have this open door policy and here everybody's coming in. Mm. So that's one thing that as a leader, know your boundaries and it's okay to say, okay, but... It's okay to create boundaries for yourself so you can get what you need to get done. The next step is making sure that those that you lead know what that is. Because there's so many times, well, why do I need to tell them? I'm the boss. Well, no, you do have to tell them because now you're leaving them wondering. And this has been like my whole career, was three decades in HR. Mm. I don't understand why you didn't tell them that. Why didn't, what, what was we... Well, because some people can't handle that much information, I bet you they can. I bet you they can because <laughs> guess what they're adults, they're educated adults they're experienced experienced adults. You hired them because you thought they were in the top ten percent, top twenty percent. Of course, they can handle it, and this is what happens. This is from our inside hr. If you do not communicate what's going on, they create their own what's going on, and it is. So much less productive, so much worse than what reality is. So Without a doubt. And I do know that there's times where you can't tell them tomorrow morning we're having a layoff. You just can't. Mm. But So there's certain things you can't communicate, but for the most part, you can communicate a lot of information. And you'll be surprised at what they bring to you. If you say, look, team of 30, we're in this situation. We didn't get the Christmas sales that we thought. The numbers aren't up. What do you think we can do? Like go around and What do you think? What's your idea? Get everyone's input. And you'd be surprised at how as a team, when you're connected, when those staff members feel that they're adding value and that you value them, you'd be surprised at what they'll do for you. Oh, yeah. They they need that gang connection, right? They need. You know, yes. like you, you want them there.
1: Got to wear your colors. Wear your colors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love that because, you know, sometimes when I've had staff meetings and people are just sitting there, I'll, I'll call on them. Like, what do you think? They're like, uh, 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 uh. I'm like, no, if you're not yeah. at this meeting and you're not willing to participate, why are you here? If you're not going to participate. It's, you know, I do require you to be here. Yeah. And I'm paying you to be here. Yeah. I I need you to be part of this team. I need you to participate. I need your opinion because your opinion matters. You may think differently. Well, you know, I don't, okay, great. I want, I want you to even be contradictory because sometimes Mm. when there's that friction, when there's that energy, you know you're excited about something. Things come up. Yes. New ideas come out of these 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 thoughts that you have, but you don't want to share because you think that I don't want to hear them. And people say, "Well, you're going to do whatever you're going to do because you're the boss." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're right. I am going to do whatever I believe it's best for the company." But you may have an idea that I think is amazing and I may not go exactly with the way you want it but your idea is going to let me reflect on great idea what can we take from it so we can develop it more and then let's open it to discussion what do you think about that idea what do you think and so now it's an open discussion amongst however many people are in this meeting or even if if you have hundreds of employees how about a suggestion box right so that we get an idea. And if people go, I don't want to do a suggestion, people are going to know, nobody needs to see it. You can even have an anonymous um, email sent out or whatever. You know, you can have all these different things, but it is definitely everybody's opinions count, even the person who cleans. You know, you may never know. They may be that's that's how they got their foot in the door but they may be a star oh, you, know you never
0: you, imagined, right? You know it. So I'm going to touch on meetings in a minute, but I also Sure. I there was sayings going around like you need to treat the janitor like you do the CEO and I already did that. So when I would see that message on the socials about, you know, treat that I treat them the same like I kind of always did because I treat everyone with dignity and respect. And I truly believe that everybody adds value for being there and they have brilliant ideas. And so let's talk back about the meetings. Don't have meetings for the sake of having a meeting. And if you're having a meeting simply because we're on a team, you should be going down that list as a leader and saying, why does she need to be on here? Why does he need to be on here? Mm -hmm. What, you know, and so it's always about having the, internal stakeholders in the right place at the right time. So if you're having a meeting and you don't have so-and-so involved, why? Mm-hmm. What impact does it have? And that really comes down to really thinking about the organization as a whole. And like uh, what I like to do with my clients is come in and wipe it all out, in my mind, so I'm fresh, I'm new, and I ask, like, this team supports this team. This person can't do this without this. So why are they not in this meeting? Well, they're not on that team. Well why not? Why? So that's how, where I add the most value to CEOs or executive teams is like being an outsider coming in and saying, I think you're missing something here. Or have you thought about this? And so back to the meetings, have, there's statistics like crazy about how much time is wasted in meetings, especially the last couple of years, like get all 50 people on a zoom call. And then you have people just like, what are we even doing? You know, so you, it's, it's one thing if you're giving a presentation be you know the who what where when and how here's what they need to know have an opportunity for people to ask questions have an opportunity for people to give their input and do something with the input and what i like to you what you what i heard from you is it may trigger something for the owner the the project leader, whoever it is, that's going to cause them to think differently about something. So every single bit of input that somebody has does make a difference. Circle back with those people and thank them for their contribution. Mm -hmm. That's also missing in a lot of areas. Like they, well, they're part of the team, so they give their input, but do I really have to go? You really should. It doesn't take much time to thank somebody for their hard work, their contribution, let them know, use these words. You are so valuable to me in that project. Had you not been involved or had you not raised your hand and spoke up, we wouldn't have caught that. Mm -hmm. It takes seconds. And what it does to that individual is it just, you water them, they bloom, they're flower blossoms, right? And I think we don't do enough of that. We don't recognize people's hard work and contributions enough. And I always for for decades, I've told people it's not even a budget line item for you to say, thank you so much. We wouldn't be where we are without you. Now, it has to be sincere. And the only way for you to give that compliment is to know what they're doing. The only way to know what they're doing is to ask questions and be connected to them. (laughs) You know, it sounds easy for me, but again, I'm the outsider. I know how hard it is to manage people. I know how hard it is. Your expectations—it's—they're not being met. You get frustrated, then you block them out of your. You're you're like, I don't want to deal with it. Go away because I have too much on my plate today. I get that, Mm. and I get how hard it is to communicate to people. I totally understand that. My recommendation is just to treat people with dignity and respect. You can bring up some of the hardest subjects, some of the hardest direct constructive criticism, but if you do it in a manner that is well-received by the individual, they respect it. They do. Do you know, I had people thank me for the way that I fired them, you know? Mm. So, and it's like, they get it. So if there's Mm -hmm. no surprise because you've communicated along the way that too many absences or you're making mistakes here, whatever it is, there's no surprise, then you don't have that surprise pa- factor. And people don't necessarily freak out. They get it. They're adults. They're human. They get it. We weren't born yesterday. And so I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that that's just treat people like, you know, that golden rule, how you want to be treated. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't hold information, good, bad, or otherwise, because that information and communication Is the difference in your in your organization? It's really going to make or break you.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I definitely observed when I was in the corporate world was when besides owning my own businesses, we we had a girl that was always late. And one time I just said to her, I said, you know, you live four blocks away. You actually walk here. This is I was working in Manhattan, New York City, and she says, the funniest line ever great comeback she goes yeah but i get all those don't walk signs <laughs> i said oh my god you're so funny but then when they were going to consider firing her it was the reason they didn't fire her is because i said i said to them do you value the work she does yes does she put in the same amount of time as anyone else even though she comes in late yes so what's the problem? She's coming in late. But to her, she's doing her work. So I said, let's, let's tone it back a little bit and figure out, so what? She's a valued employee. She brings you money. She's bringing money into the corporation. She's bringing money into this business. Why are we going to penalize her? Because, listen, she shows up 20 minutes late, 15 minutes late. Another time is half hour late. So what? But she stays late. She makes up her time. She never tries to leave early. She's doing her due diligence. Yes. So she's a late person. Maybe she was born late. We don't know. <laughs> but why are you gonna get rid of her? And now you're gonna have to bring someone else. And who's gonna be on time? But they not. They may not have the qualities that she has. So what are you doing here? And they're like. We never thought of it that way. I said, well, do you value her? Absolutely. She's great. So remember that, right? We we have to, I think, look at every employee. And, and you said, you know, we have to have that connection. So it's that connection. The fact that I just asked her why you're always late and she gave me a great comeback. I, I couldn't help it but laugh. You know, it, it was a great comeback.
0: You yeah, know. what I was going to say is, especially now when we have these newbies entering the work world, those who are just, you know, they're in their 20s. Mm -hmm. They want to, and and if you were to ask them in the interview, what does your ideal day look like, your ideal work schedule look like? And they may say, well, one day if I'm walking past, you know, this coffee shop and I happen to see somebody, I want to stop in and and have coffee with them because I haven't seen them in a while. So I want to be able to do that. But if I come in an hour later, I'm going to stay an hour later. I'm going to get my job done, to your point. So they actually, if you asked a lot of them now, they want that flexibility. And that's why a lot of people are going out on their own, because they think that they can do that, have that flexibility on their own. And they can. To a point. But if you want to retain these folks accommodate their needs. Right. And I we, there was always this attendance thing like, oh, they're absent too much. They're, they're late. I would ask the question, are they holding up a process, a team, a creation of something by being 20 minutes late? And she was hitting the no walk sign. Is there something being not getting done because she's late? Then you focus on that because maybe maybe the company can say we're not going to have it at the meeting at eight. We're going to have it at 10. Now, I don't believe the whole organization should change because somebody potentially was born late and is always late. You have to, yeah, right. you have to look at the end. You have to look at all the needs, including the individual and mm-hmm. determine what makes the most sense. So yes, if they're one of your top performers and they're adding value and you you're really getting your you trust that they're getting that job done, then what difference does it make as to when they're showing up? And look at now, this day and age, everybody's working from all around the world. And and they took that opportunity in the last two years to, you know what, I don't need to live in New York City. I don't need to live in LA. I can go live in an island that has good internet. And still get my job done. And that's the beauty. That is so, like, I remember back in the, in 20, I guess you call the 20s, right? No, the 20, 2000 are?
1: Yeah, 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 2000, right?
0: Like, What do they call that? Because you call it like the 80s, the 90s. What was 2000?
1: I guess that's it. <laughs> that's
0: it. We always have this conversation every time it comes up. There was a lot of engineers who were starting to work remote. And there were full, there were full organizations being created across the globe with remote employees. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, HR needs to be, I need to be able to do that too. And they would say, well, you need to be here with the employees, FaceTime. They need to see you. Like, do they though? Mm. Because now look at 2022, look at just Google HR jobs. They're all remote. They're all virtual. And you can be anywhere. So it's it's really the value you add to your point. And organizations need to be more flexible uh, with the needs of the individual. And they would be surprised how dedicated those staff are if you accommodate them. And it's not simply like a medical accommodation that we have through, you know, California regulations or the federal government regulations. It's about what that individual needs. Mm -hmm. You can never know unless you ask them.
1: That's right, that's right.
0: And I know a lot of leaders are afraid to ask. You know why? Because they're afraid they're going to get some answer that they can't, they can't,
2: <laughs> can't handle.
0: But more than not, it is something pretty simple that people don't ask for too much. They don't, they really don't.
1: It, it's, uh, it was companies even before Zoom really came out, uh, you know, to be a, a top provider, I guess, for these type of meetings. I mean, like I used to use Zoom in the beginning. I still use Zoom, right? I One of my businesses is martial arts business, and I, I still teach classes huh? to my individuals, but there's people who log on, and I have anywhere from four-year-olds who log on, and their parents are doing class with us, and I have people in their 50s and 60s log on, and they're doing classes with us because maybe they're too far, or they just don't want to leave the house. Yeah. Or they're not feeling well that day, but they still want to get that workout in.
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: But when you think about the corporations that started, look, IT, customer service, who, who didn't complain about when you call customer service? It was a, an Indian uh, company that answered the phone. And then, you know, sometimes and all these companies went there because they were getting people who knew, especially IT knew their stuff they were engineers and they were paying them nothing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to be able to provide the service the customer service that people needed the support if you will but now people are using through the internet people to do work for them like you got fiverr you got all these different companies you have people who are working remotely and they may work for 10 different companies because of what they provide. They might be an assistant to 10 different leaders, different uh, corporate heads, but they don't need them to be an assistant eight hours. They need them to be an assistant for maybe an hour a day, right? It, It really, technology has really changed the dynamic of business, right?
0: Absolutely, and to your point of the value add. So, what can you? What value can you add to my organization? I only need you for an hour a day, and this, this these virtual assistants have realized. Oh, well, if I get ten people for an hour a day, now I have ten bosses, right? But they have this amazing business. Absolutely flourishing. Um, it's a good time. It's actually a good time to be in business. It's a good time to have employees, you just need to realize where we're at now. And I know I've heard so many, especially this month, this month, I've heard so many, oh, but the world of work is so different now. It's always different. Look at when our parents were working in the fifties and look at it, look at us now. Like it's, it's, um, it's always different and we have to embrace change. If we're not embracing it, you know, you're going to get mulled over. It's, yeah. it's time to just see what is, what are we faced with right now? And I think the last three years really shared, like it really rubbed that in our face. Like what we, you have to adapt, you know, they, they want you to, they no call choice. it pivoting. They call it, you know, you just need to, you need to be able to adjust. And there's a lot of corporations who I don't hear it so much right now. Mm-hmm. Cause we always did it that way. But I know you mm-hmm. and I, we've been in organizations where We tried to challenge things, try to challenge the process or the system because it didn't seem quite efficient as it could be. And they'd say, it's worked. We've done it this way for years. Just keep doing it that way. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be so efficient. So I, I encourage people to listen to those who see that it's not as efficient as it could be because you really should be looking at those processes and improving them constantly.
1: I mean, daily, I, I, you know, sometimes it's even daily. I mean, look at technology, how fast it's changed. And if it wasn't looked into on a daily basis, would it be as fast as it is? Look, no. technology has really changed. One of the things that I, I love this conversation, by the way, I'm having a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you. But I also want to talk about your books. You've you've written two books. Yeah. What assessed you to write a book, even the first one?
0: Both books, I am a co-author in. So I, mm-hmm. I was asked to be, the one is called Own the Microphone. And it was about people who want to speak um, in front of large audiences and share their knowledge and have an impact, to your point earlier, on a bigger, greater group. And so mm-hmm. what does it mean to to be a good speaker? And I I've always thought... To show up as yourself, be authentic. Before the word authentic, authenticity was like overused, you know, it was mm-hmm. to me, if you want to be an actor or actress, you should go to Hollywood and go behind the camera. If you want to really share who you are and make an impact and help someone else because of what you've been through and you learned how to overcome something you need to be yourself. Don't go up on stage and just read a script that you have it. People will see right through that. And so one of the, there's this woman I know who she had a whole script ready for her keynote and she just threw it aside and started asking, answering questions. And that is her being hundred percent authentic and saying, you know, this doesn't feel right. What do you want to know guys? What do you want to know from me? Ask a question and I'll answer it. Kind of like these type of interviews that they have that we have now is and that was amazing. So anyway, that book is about just showing up authentically, speaking your truth, being who you are. Don't try to be something you're not or compare yourself to other people. Be you because you have such amazing gifts to share. So that's my chapter in that one. The second one is called Success Codes and it is Secrets to success we weren't taught in school, and so my my chapter is on um, very very similar about um, there were five areas. Let me, I'll just pull it up real quick since you asked about it. Um, of course,
1: I see you have you have little markings in that book. That's great. I write I, all,
0: I I have stuff
1: everywhere. I do the same.
0: <laughs> so, with in 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 leadership, a lot of people. There's a lot of character, characteristics of, of good leaders, right? But I feel that there are five areas that if a leader is really strong in these five areas, they will, they will stand out as a strong leader. And the first one we already mentioned is change. You have to be able to accept it, embrace it, and, and help others through that process. That is so important. Absolutely. Trust. Trust was my second topic in this chapter. And trust, building a culture of trust is really the the key to a successful business. If people don't trust their direct supervisor or manager, that's the reason they leave. Mm -hmm. And they have to feel like you trust them. And so you can't micromanage. You can't ask them a million questions constantly about, are you sure you're doing it right? But you're not doing it my way because you're not trusting that they know what they're doing. They're not they're not feeling like they belong there if you don't trust them to get their job done. And it takes time to get to know people. It can't happen overnight. And if you really want to retain people long term, you, and you have to continually spend quality time getting to know them regu- on a regular basis cuz things change. And you know when you know your staff, you can say you know, Jeannie, do you have a minute? You you don't seem like yourself. Is everything okay? Mm. And A lot of people don't do that. They're like, I don't know, they seemed off. But it, you, you really, you want to have that relationship where you see that something's going on. And, you know, HR people would say, well, you don't need to know what's going on in their personal life. Agree. I don't need to know all the details. I just need to know, are you okay? Is there anything I can do or the organization can do to help you through this process? Do you need a day off? Do you need a week off? You know, what do you need from me? That's what leaders should be asking. So the second one is trust communication. We've talked about that. I can I can talk for days about communication.
1: We can both. (laughs) Yes.
0: Communication and how lack of is so detrimental. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Ask empowering questions and sit back and listen. Truly listen. It is a skill that not everybody has, and it takes time to build. If you are living 100% present in the moment, all you can do is listen. And if you're really listening to not only what's being said, but what's not being said, now you're getting deeper with the individual, right? We've already, we've, Of course. We've already talked about sharing what's happening with the organization, because then They can give their their valuable input that may make or break where the organization's going. So it's okay to say, you know, we didn't make a revenue goal, we didn't. But what do you guys? What do you? What should we do? Come, let's come together as a team. People want to feel like they're part of a team. Back to the whole gang thing. Mm -hmm. We should be creating gangs within these organizations. (laughs)
2: Yes,
0: (laughs) Um, it's kind of the same thing. The tribe, the culture, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it really comes, that's why I put connection strategist in my title now, because it comes down to that. How do, do I feel like I belong? Do I feel like I'm heard, Mm -hmm. right? Do I feel like my concerns are addressed? Otherwise there's a huge disconnect. So be the last two in this chapter of this book is being resilient and emotional intelligence. And that we could talk about that till the days come
1: Ooh, for days. Oh yeah. We
0: do training at, at dynamism leadership. We have training on those, all of these topics, you know, um, leading as a coach, tr- um, creating a culture of trust, emotional intelligence. I have a whole course on that, that can be customized to any client, whatever their needs are. Oh. We could do a one hour seminar. We could do a whole day depending on what the organization's needs are. So I usually come in, figure out quickly, do an assessment, figure out where I think things might be, could use some improvement. And then we co-create different programs for the organizations.
1: That's awesome. And everybody, they can get your books on your website,
0: right? Yes. There's a connect, there's a link to um, Amazon, to the books hmm. on, on the website.
1: And I just put the website on on the on, on the screen also. Okay. Would you mind saying it and then just break it down? Sure. Sure. As far as spelling it. So everybody who's listening on the audio part can get Perfect. it. Because I want people to go because listen, even before you do that, you know, everything that we've been speaking about, obviously you're very well versed on every subject that we talked about. One of the other things that I noticed also on your bio for for podcasters you give them an outline of questions that you, you suggest they ask. Obviously, I didn't um, because I'm in the moment. I'm here with you, right? And I think our conversation was, was really unique because I'm, I'm just a very curious person, Same. right? But it, it goes to show how you're leading those people who don't maybe have done this for a while who understand how to talk to another person to pull some of the information that most people want to hear. So for you to give advice, so even there, you're helping people, you're helping people become better. So thank you for doing that.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: And yes, I saw a bunch of questions that you had there that people can ask you. And I think that I asked you maybe some, maybe not. Yeah. But then we went, I think we went a lot deeper. And I thank you for for definitely going there with me.
0: Absolutely.
1: So go ahead and tell us about your website.
0: My pleasure. So the website is Dynamism Leadership. It's D-Y-N-A-M-I-S-M Leadership, L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P.com. On the website, you can find a link to a 15-minute complimentary call, exploratory call with me to see if we we, if, if I could be of assistance to you in any way with your personal one-on-one leadership challenges you have or with your business. I've worked with executive teams. I've worked with sales teams, marketing teams, you name it. So engineering teams, teams in leadership development, human resource consulting. I've come in and set up your entire HR function or I can mm. help your HR leader with whatever they're challenged with. We do um, speaking engagements. So if you had a keynote at your organization, you wanted to talk about a culture of trust, for example, then that's something that we could create for you. And I could come and speak at your event. And then um, so training and development, executive coaching and um, speaking engagement.
1: Love it. Love it. I, I definitely want you to come to our um we're going to have a um, all the coaches who have ever been on my shows are going to come to New York and we're going to do a big event oh heaven and definitely would would love to have you be part of it you know one of the things that we always uh, sometimes miss in business is is the communication amongst every level of every every employee and sometimes Almost like you're a mother hen or a father, uh, I get. Let's say a father figure, where we're trying to just kind of lead, but we're kind of leading a little blindly because we're not having our staff communicate with each other, right? So I think creating that unity amongst each other. I've had situations where I had two people who did not like each other at all,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there was this. Animosity and this going at each other. And I just said, Hey, both of you, we need to talk. We need to figure this out. We need to iron it out. And then you need to figure out if this is going to be costing you your job or if you want to stay here. We have to listen, you don't have to like each other. I use the same words, but you have to work well together, right? Yeah. You have to be, listen, we're in it together. So no matter what, if we were in a sinking ship and you needed each other to live, would you work together? Because without one, the other one dies. What would you do? They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> when you put it that way. So yeah, it's it's your chance to thrive or drown. You know, I, I heard a, a statement the other day. It actually might've been this morning is you don't swim and you don't sink unless you get in the water. Right. I loved it. I thought that was great.
0: I love that too. i've that's the first time I've heard it like that. I've heard you can't win unless you're you're in the game. I mean, you can't you have to at least like try it like the lottery. You can't win the lottery unless you sign up for the lottery. like you have to you have to. you what you were saying about the two people getting along, so back in my you know, when I was employee relations, HR
2: right.
0: uh, which still happens a lot of times even as my as a consultant but when I was internal, whenever there'd be friction, they would send them to me. So I remember same thing. I look you both, you add value this da, da, da this is what you do to the org- for the organization this is what you do for the organization. you two seem to not get along. So the three of us sat in a room. I said the same thing you don't have to love each other. you don't even have to like each other. but guess what mm-hmm. my expectations are when you're in this building, this is how you're going to function. And, but I love like, so you almost said the same exact words as me. We've been doing the same thing with people. Hash it out. And, and when they had an opportunity to talk and it's uncomfortable because people don't want to say, Oh yeah. you know what, Jeannie, when every morning, when you do that, it makes me feel like this. They don't want to, but they need a space to do that in. Mm-hmm. When you provide them that and they finally can share their feelings with the other person, nine out of 10 times, it's a misunderstanding. And they just keep festering on that. So (laughs) yes, I love that you've actually gone in there and had to facilitate conversation between two people that didn't get along. I've had to do that so many times. They just need the space to talk about it and they need to feel comfortable enough to like share their feelings. And it's really hard for people to share their feelings. It's so hard because they look back, like back to where, how we started this conversation. You asked me about me at six or seven years old. The same thing happened to these people. When they would share their feelings, it would either like be, it was addressed in a manner where they started just holding it in. They stopped sharing Mm -hmm. because of the way, the response they got from someone.
1: Absolutely. Ginny. wow. Love this conversation. I, I love our connection. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, what a, a great time I had. So what's one advice that you would tell someone that they can take today in order to improve their outlook on their business? Because whether you work for, I always say, whether you work for someone or not, you're still the president of your company, right? Or CEO.
0: I always say, yet we're the CEO of our own life. We are all leaders because I have people go, oh, you're a leadership coach. I really need a coach, but I don't, I don't lead people. You lead your own life. And guess what? You lead the life of your friends. You lead the life of the, your kid's coach or whatever. You, we're all leaders. You're the CEO of your own life. My biggest piece of advice, and I think the biggest moment in life change for me was when I determined my core values and i really am, was able to pinpoint here's the top 3 why is that imp- why are these things important to me and does it what happens when they're compromised or supported and it it was life changing for me because it it actually made me realize oh that's why i get ticked or i get I, what ticks me off and what makes me tick is because of my core values and who i am so my number one advice connect with yourself, learn who you are at the core. That's when you can start being a leader and a strong leader to other people until you know who you are and then share who you are with others. Don't be afraid to share that. And So, you know, that, that was hard for me because I I always wanted to be strong and show this strong and guess what? We're human. So I started sharing that, you know, the last three years were really challenging for me. Really mm. challenging. I have lost so many loved ones, so many family members. And then the the last was I lost my dog last month.
1: Oh, my gosh. Sorry.
0: And she was my constant through all the... I lost my sister. I like, family members, dear friends, mm. combination of aging out, COVID and all right. cancer. And it's... Um, It was a hard time for me, but I was still showing my, you know, strong, my strong self to people, my sizzle reel, like it's so great. But you know what? Inside, and this is what's really important, and I'm sharing this right now because it just is percolating. Of course. We need to check on our strong friends because those strong friends hide when they're weak. Yeah. And I've never said it like that ever until just now. And I just got the chills, but Mm. it's been a hard couple of years for me. And I am determined to go into with like, you know what? I I embrace my feelings more than I ever have. I understand now for the first time in my life what depression feels like. And I feel like the universe had me go in some of these directions so that I can relate to more people, so that I can have a bigger Mm. impact on more people because I get it. Depression, yeah. grief, anxiety, sadness, mm. hardcore. Those are hardcore. It problems. is very feelings. Mm-hmm. If any of the listeners had any of one of those four, it's challenging. If you're experiencing what I did over the last couple of years with all four of those things, grief is. I never even knew. I mean i I lost my father decades ago to a drunk driver, and that was hard. Mm. But. Th- so many deaths in a three-year period, grief is just compounding. And it it's, I 100% believe in therapy, group therapy, group coaching, connect with people who are going through what you're going through. Yeah. And I used to say, you know what, Jeannie, put her big girl panties on. You can handle this. You know what, you can't. You can't. No, it's tough. This alone, You need connection with other people. I signed myself up for every... Grief group coaching program that would take me, and I went and I. <laughs> Good for you. Hung out with, them. and you know what? It's it's healing me. It's healing my heart. It's healing my mind, and I'm all about sharing that. You know what? We're all human. Life is a challenge. It is. So I know that was a long-winded answer. I. No, you know,
1: Jeannie, I got to tell you, you're a beautiful soul, and I can see it. You know, you you come with your heart, and and I love that. And you, you, you're speaking volumes right now because there's, there's been a couple of people who did take their own lives. One of them I knew personally oh. um, not too long ago and he was a celebrity. And it, it, it is so hard when you look at somebody and you said it, go talk to the strong people because they hide it the best. Oh. When you looked at this person, super energetic, super supportive of other people would do anything Mm. for anyone would make and cheer people up. And there was this darkness inside of him that made him take his own life, which is so sad because there are help groups out there that we should all be able to go to. When you're in your darkest moment, you need to remember that even in the dark room, a door can be open and light can come in. Yes. Yeah. So look for that. There are people, listen, you may be in a scenario where there's people who are like tramping down on you and hurting you. Find another room, yeah. find another place. There are people there with lots of love who are there to help and support. So yeah. please, you know, before you even do the, the ultimate, which is the wrong thing to do, is to take your life, no matter how hard things get, You are an amazing, and I said, you know, you you said before how people are are being judged, and it's but I, I like the word unique, because that makes you, there's no one like you. Right. And you are totally unique, and you need to be here with us. That's anyone who's listening. I agree. Definitely find the groups. They're out there. Look for an outreach. Talk to a friend, and guess what? It's okay if you mess up. A lot of us, we entrap ourselves because of of the shame and the guilt. And that doesn't have to be that.
0: Right, agree.
1: You know, if you feel the shame of talking to a particular person, talk to someone else. Talk to a stranger who doesn't even know you because they can't judge you, right?
0: I think that's what was helpful with like a group coaching is or group counseling is you walk in and they don't know you and you can just be yeah. and be true and honest with yourself and share the truth. One thing that I did, I'll be real quick, is I started feeling like I was there for everyone, but when I felt mm. lonely and sad and I reached out, where are they? Where Where? Mm. They're not answering my phone calls. They're not showing up. Right. And I felt really lonely for the first time in my life, like super Mm. dark and lonely. So then I decided, you know, I went through my phone and I saw like all the times that I was with really good quality friends of mine. And I decided Mm. to email those pictures to myself and then have them printed. I went to CVS has a, a one hour. When I was printing the pictures, I was doing it on purpose because where I sit right now, there's a wall right here. And I have framed times when I'm with my friends who I feel like really love me. They invited me to this event. Nice. We went on this trip together. And then when I was printing Hmm. the pictures to frame for my little friend wall, and it sounds silly. I mean, I'm a grown woman, a professional. I run a business.
1: I think that's beautiful. That's cool.
0: I was feeling lonely. So I created this little friend wall collage, but I also printed pictures for them and I put them in a frame and I gave it to them for this Christmas. Mm. My friends are like, this is the cutest, funnest, best gift. I love it because it takes us back to that time that we went axe throwing together, that we went on that trip to Costa Rica together. And I encourage people like If you don't know how to set up something like that, that makes you, and I didn't know where this came from. It just, I was driven to like, I want it front and center with me. Actually, I do know where it came from. When my mom passed away, somebody bought me a frame that goes outside in the garden to put my mom's picture in. And it says, Not a day goes by that you're not, I don't think of you. So every morning, because I can see it from my kitchen window, good morning, mom, love and miss you. And I cheers her with my coffee. And I have decided to embrace the love that I had with everyone I lost and not the loss. Yeah. So you, the reason we feel so sad about losing people is because they're no longer there, but they are there. They're here. You just remember all the love. And I know we could, we, you and I, I think could talk for like three days straight. We could probably talk.
1: I think three weeks, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's uh a, I I just want to share that my brother passed when he was 42, way too young. So when I walk out of my bathroom, which I have to go every day, his picture's right there.
0: Oh, just like my mom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And every day I see my brother. And, you know, one of the things is like he went to way too young. You know, my mom passed in uh, March of 2020, and it was a day before her birthday. So, I got a chance to spend a week with her, which was a beautiful week. You know, my dad passed a year before, and it's it's always incredible when every night I say my gratitudes and they're included in it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, every single night they're part of my gratitudes. Every night. So when you remember those people, you're right. And we there is a grieving. Right, that we have to go through, but for me, it's always that remembrance. I don't remember the negativity; yeah. I only remember how funny they were. Yes, that and my brother was hysterical, so I always think about the funny things he used to do
2: love
0: that. or say. And man, I think that, that's I beautiful. think you just hit on something. A lot of people suffer with grief and guilt, and they're focused mm-hmm. on the negative things. I have a sibling. And um, I'm like, you know, I don't remember that or I choose not to remember. I don't even were we in the same household because I don't remember that ever happening because I choose mm-hmm. to embrace the positive because that person was doing the best they could with what they knew at the time. And I truly 100% believe that. So absolutely. I love that you do that and how funny your brother is. And I'm glad you got to. I spent the last week of, with my mom, her last week on earth with her. I was right by her side the whole nice. time. So we have that connection, too.
1: We do. And, you know, my mom was a teacher, oh, just like yours. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was her name? We are so connected, you and what I. What was your mom's <laughs> name? Uh, Rosa.
0: Rosa. Okay. My mom's name was Shirley. So I was like, oh, good. Don't tell me they have the same name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny.
0: <laughs> so, such a great conversation. I could talk to you forever, and we can talk anytime you want.
1: Yes, let's do okay. it. Let's stay connected for sure, great. because you're you're the connected <laughs> Most connected person I know. (laughs) Thank you so much for today. It was a great pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And everybody, have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large.